And welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the entertainment edition of the Detention Podcast, we have John Stewart, uh, the 60th of Grammys, and a bunch of movie reviews. So doing something that we haven't done for quite a while, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, so starting off this week, Cody, or for this episode, Cody, what do you call two ducks and a cow? Duck, duck, moo. Well, that's a pretty good one. No, Quakers and milk, or quackers and milk. <laughs> yeah. It's better if I don't fuck the joke up, too, but, you know, <laughs> quackers and milk. Not like you have crackers with milk anyway, but whatever. I like mine. Yeah, yours is better. Wednesdays is pretty good. My Wednesday ones are always better than anything else. Start the week off low, go up, and then go back down. Just fuck it up. Just fuck it up. I fuck it up every time. <laughs> All right, so starting off, I want to talk about uh, John Stewart. So did you see he's going back to The Daily Show? Only because it was on your notes. Okay, well, so yeah, if anyone remembers the Comedy Central show, The Daily Show, which I think started... With John Stewart. With John Stewart. started technically in the late 90s, and then he was there until 2015 before he kind of said he was done with it and leaving it to others to take hold of. Um, After the show, having months of rotating hosts, actually over a year now, uh, the popular Comedy Central late night show... They have uh, contracted John Stewart to return to the program only for Monday nights now uh, through the election cycle, possibly going into 2025. So he's only going to be involved with it one night a week. Um, he officially starts back on the show on February 12th. Um, obviously, he's done other things since he left Comedy Central. He's been, and this is something I did not know, he's been an executive producer of the CBS The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, which... I thought that was more or less kind of Colbert running the entire show. Apparently, John Stewart still has his hands in Colbert's life, <laughs> and that's one of them. Um, and then he also had his weekly uh, Apple TV streaming service. The problem with John Stewart that um, I'm assuming they do seasons of it. I don't think it's just like a continuous yeah. weekly thing. So I haven't seen any clips of it for a while. So. Hopefully he got renewed with Apple, but he also shit on Apple quite a bit when he was on the program. So who knows if they even wanted him. Uh, Comedy Central has reached out to multiple other hosts to officially host the show as a permanent replacement. Um, one of which I was not aware of that has been rumored was John Mulaney uh, to be contracted for a more per- permanent replacement. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't see him as like the news anchor type because that's kind of what these nightly shows do is like i i am the anchor of this program i also don't think he has enough and i could be absolutely wrong but enough like this sounds weird personal beliefs like because a lot of what john stewart did was like true this is my opinion i'm strong in this belief and mm. i'm gonna say it same thing with like john oliver or trevor noah yeah. like they have their comedic spin to it for sure but mm. they're very passionate about what they talk about i've never seen john mulaney in that way except about talking about his drug overdoses not overdoses but issues he went to rehab you can still overdose and live yeah but i don't oh, i know but i don't think he's even overdosed mm. like I don't yeah think- he, he, you're right he would say he was too strong to overdose yeah something like that um, 
but I think it's interesting that he's coming back. I might actually go back and try and watch some of the episodes that he's on, just because, again, if he was the arbiter of that show, I'm sure he might have to knock some rust off, but he's always been really good at conveying his beliefs and point of views in a it's very... It's not like he stopped it. Well, no, but I also don't want to have to pay for Apple Plus yeah, I don't blame you. to watch his show. I just watch random clips to get pirated and uploaded on <laughs> on the internet so i'd prefer to do it that way <laughs> um but i think it's good that he's gonna come back um just because you know it's like a homecoming reunion for it um i've seen a lot of people make comments how they're disappointed that he's coming back because comedy central isn't able to like completely fill his role it's like well you're just going back to him because you literally have no one else right which yeah, i mean it's kind of saying the quiet part out loud but if he's able to kind of spread some of his knowledge a little bit more in a format that he's really good at, I'm fine with it. Uh, next news story, n- sad news story, is that Carl Withers passed away at the age of 76 late this past week, um, which, to be honest, I thought he was older, um, just because I thought he was already kind of old when he was starting acting in the 70s, and that's 50 years ago, so... Um, a little surprised by it. Um, obviously he was in some of the major movies that I knew growing up as a kid. So, um, it's kind of sad seeing some of the heroes that you watch on screen die. Can never forget the classic chubs. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to tap it in. Such a good movie. That's awesome. And he did have a good range. Yeah. I mean, he he wasn't, I mean, he's not like. I shouldn't say a phenomenal actor. I'm sure he's a really good actor in his own right, but like just being able to do dramas, some action and comedy. Then doing comedy. I think he really excelled in the comedy sci-fi. stuff, to be honest. And yeah, sci fi. I mean, he was in The Mandalorian. Because so. he was also in Star Wars. Carl Withers? Yeah. Lando Calrissian. Hold up. No, those aren't the same people. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. The same person who played Apollo Creed played Lando Calrissian. You cannot tell me otherwise. Um, I am telling you otherwise because you're racist. I'm not racist. Billy D. Williams played Lando. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Looking at it as, yeah. <laughs> say it. You know, say it. Well, I'm saying now that they're old men, right? Carl Withers and uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I can see they both have the stash and their hair is graying. I can see, yeah, you probably got that confused. But even thinking back to when Star Wars came out and then when Rocky I came thought they out, were the same people. they were in the same time period, Rocky and their original Star Wars trilogy. I How I knew it definitely wasn't Carl Withers was because Carl Withers was a jacked dude. <laughs> Billy D. Williams is not. <laughs> So I was like, eh, they're not the same person. Well, I was wrong. That's right. It's okay to be wrong. But RIP to Apollo. And not Lando Calrissian. Yeah, not Lando Calrissian. (laughs) All right. Next news story. Uh, Did you watch the Grammys this past weekend? I'm assuming by the expression you're giving me. No. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Ah, well, I also didn't, but I figured that... you actually we, care. Oh, well, I mean, I care about, you know, the winners, I guess, potentially for different things. And, you know, I like award shows, like I mentioned. Um, 
I'm trying to find where they had specific winners on Wikipedia, and this version of Wikipedia sucks. Um, So they have a bunch of different categories. I'm only going to go over a couple of them, but for record of the year, uh, Miley Cyrus won with uh, her song Flowers. Uh, Believe it or not, this is her first Grammy win. I do believe that. Which I did not believe that. I thought she had at least won one in the past before for one of her, her other songs. Um, she also performed the song I saw on clips posted this uh, past week um, where she ended up like breaking in the middle of her song just to kind of make the statement of like, I want a Grammy. And people were like, oh yeah, queen, whatever. It was, right. it was interesting to see. Um, album of the year. Can you guess? Taylor Swift. Yep. Taylor Swift won album of the year uh, with her album Midnight's. She now becomes the um, leading artist from any Grammy period to have the most album of the year wins. Um, she was originally tied with like Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder for like three. Now she surpasses them. So um, how unfortunate that is. I don't know. Because I'm sure we all get tired of Taylor Swift. Uh, Song of the year goes to Billie Eilish. For what was I made for? I'm assuming that was a song that was in Barbie, because I don't listen to Billie Eilish that much. Um, Victoria Monet wins Best New Artist. Uh, producer of the Year goes to Jack uh, Antonoff. Um, what's another award that really matters? Best Pop Solo. That was Miley Cyrus, so she got two Grammys um, this past week. Best pop dance recording goes to Kylie Montague, whoever that is. Uh, best rock performances, Boy Genius, for they're not so not strong enough. Um, best metal performance, Metallica won a Grammy. Okay, mm. yeah. why? I don't like Metallica. Um, they were in the same category with Disturbed, Ghost, Slipknot, and Spirit Box. And so Metallica won that one. Um, Best Rock Album, This Is Why by Paramore won. Oh my gosh, you don't like Paramore, do you? I don't give a shit about Paramore. They have one good album, their first album. Oh, you think it's their first one? Yep. Um, I think... Riot is the best. The one that they had before they broke up, um, and I'm even forgetting the name of the song that I like from that album, I thought it was pretty good. Ain't it fun? No, not that one. Because that one's too kitschy. Um, it's a different one. But I wouldn't consider Paramore rock, honestly. Anymore, no. They've moved closer to the pop genre. Yes. And that's probably why I liked their last album before they broke up, because it had more of a pop influence than kind of their uh, teenage, somber mm-hmm. music, whatever it was. Uh, they beat out the Foo Fighters, Greta Van Fleet, Metallica, and Queens of the Stone Age. Um, all those names for rock and fucking Paramore one Mm -hmm. that should tell you how annoying these shows are. They're bullshit. Well, yeah, to a degree, I guess. Uh, best progressive R and B album goes to SZA best R and B album uh, in general goes to Victoria Monet. Who's the new artist winner as well. Um, Something I wanted to kind of bring up that I thought was pretty cool is, you know who Tracy Chapman is? Yeah. 
for the Fast Car song that came out in the 90s. Yeah. She played it with, I think, Luke Combs. Luke Combs. And I thought it was really good. And the fact that she got a really good standing ovation for when she came out was really awesome because she hasn't performed in public or live for like decades now. So it was good to see that. And I always like that song. So I was happy that she got to have some more stage time for that. Uh, Moving into the next couple of things. So we have three different movies that we wanted to review. And what we'll do is we'll kind of do a back and forth. Since you have two that you've seen, and there's only one on here that I've seen, we'll start with you, we'll come to me, and we'll go back to you. So did you want to start with Argyle, or did you want to start with Iron Claw? You tell me. Um, I want you to start with Iron Claw. All right. Do you know what Iron Claw is about? It's about this family of wrestlers. Yes. And they only mention uh, three of the four brothers, technically. <laughs> no, they mention all four. Do they? Yeah. Well, because I saw something when the movie came out. One of the brothers was like not even mentioned in the movie, and there was issues because no, of that. No, they're all four. So it's okay. about the Von Erichs. Yeah. Um, their dad uh, was a professional wrestler, so WWE-style wrestling. Before they actually had like huge mergers. Yeah, they into still had a couple different... Now. I mean, you still have a couple of different factions now, but like it was... Wrestling used yes. to be like very regional. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is down in Texas, and... Their dad never was able to end up winning the world's heavyweight trophy or championship. So his oldest son, played by Zach Efron, gets into it. Um, or second oldest son. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't I, matter. I think he's yeah. the oldest of the four. Okay. Um, gets into it. Going to be like the golden boy. Um, his second oldest son is on track to be an Olympic discus thrower. Uh, his third son is on track to be another wrestler. And then the fourth son, the one you're talking about, doesn't want to do anything with wrestling, just wants to be a musician. Um, and it kind of talks about their story going through wrestling because apparently the Von, I didn't really know much about the Von Erics even when I was watching wrestling when mm-hmm. I was younger. Um, they're uh, retired as... Hall of Famers, like mm-hmm. the entire family was put into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Because they have been so impactful. Uh, because if you watch the movie, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. It's actually really heart-wrenching. Granted, I was sitting there with my fiance, and she's crying, and I'm sitting there stone-faced, and she's like, are you human? I'm like, I'm used to, this is an average Tuesday for me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm used to this kind of shit. Um but it's actually a really gut-wrenching movie. Um, it, it has, like, a love story in it. And it just kind of explains, like, the fucked-up nature of that family. Because the dynamic of the family is, like, the father, who is the head of the household, you know? Like, they answer yes or no, sir. Like, they own a farm down in Texas. And they do everything to please him. And just shit hits the fan. Um, the wrestling pieces are actually really good to watch. They did it really, really well. Um, and just kind of their storyline. I wasn't, I wasn't really sure what to expect out of the movie. Mm. Um, but it was really good. It's, it's touching. It's a genuine story. When I first saw it, I was like, you know, that looks kind of lame just because I mean, it's, it's a movie about wrestling. I don't know why anyone would want to watch it. Mm. It's really good. Um, highly suggested actually, um, shot well lighting's done well um it it just it hits deep it's really good it has zach efron and like i mentioned but it also has um 
Jeremy Allen White, um, the uh, actor from Shameless and the Bear, the Bear. Yep, mm-hmm. he plays a really good role in it. Um, the acting just all around was really good. Uh, just it's it's weird to wrap your mind around how fucked up that family was and what they went through, but it's really good. Good. It's, I think it was on a list that I, of movies I want to see, but whether or not I actually do, I, I don't know. Just know it's very sad. Okay, it's a very sad movie. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to tell you about Saltburn. Um, it's not really a sad movie as it is just a fucked up movie. Uh, but with that being said, the general plot from how I, I remember it, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen it, is uh, the main character is, uh, is all of it takes place in England. So it's like in Oxford and he's attending Oxford as a graduate student. Is this on a streaming service? Uh, yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Or it's on Max. Who's in it? Uh, good question. I don't really know the name of the actors that are in it. I mean, I've seen them in other things, but their names are slipping me. Um, Barry Congan or Cogan, uh, Jacob Alordi, uh, Rosamund Pike. She was in. Um, Gone Girl. She played the fucked up wife in Gone Girl. You ever seen Gone Girl? Nope. Okay. Uh, Allison Oliver, who plays the sister. Um, and that's pretty much it for like mainly okay. known people. But um, if you ever seen Kissing Booth on Netflix, Jacob Elordi's in all three of them. So if you want to watch his previous shit. Um, anyway, so it, this uh, guy who's played by. Barry Cogan, the main character, uh, kind of comes from a very poor background, but he's wicked smart. So he's going to Oxford trying to get his master's. Um, he doesn't really have a whole lot of friends in the movie from the beginning, from what you can tell. So very good will hunting. Um, not so much cause he's not cool. <laughs> okay. Like Matt Damon's character is like, okay, well you could meet him at a bar and you're like, Oh, this guy's fucking fun. Like this guy is just kind of like a social outcast kind of in a way. Um, he gets into the graces of this really popular kid, which is Jacob Elordi's character. And his family is very, very rich. They come from like old English landowners that have so much fucking land and money to piss away. Um, and he invites him to stay, or he invites the main character to stay with him and his family at his summer home. Um, for a couple weeks during the summer because he's not sure if he can go back home because of his home life. He doesn't want to go back because he feels like if he does, he's going to not achieve what he wants. Um, so he goes to this uh, estate, which is a giant fucking castle, basically, and some really fucked up shit happens uh, to where you start learning that this main character to, even to the point of like what I just told you about him in his backstory. I don't even know if it's true. Because he's that level of a sociopath uh-huh. and he's that fucked up. And how the writing was in this movie and how the lead actor played the character and how it was written is so fucking good. And it's some of the things that this character does are, are like disgusting, like actually disgusting, like made me gag disgusting. Um, but it's really fucking good. And the fact that it's completely different than any movie I've seen for a long time, uh, it is not close to anything I've seen in like years. It's 
It's really good. I highly recommend it. But the main port that you need to know about is that it's fucked up uh, and that the execution of character and development within the setting is phenomenal. So I highly recommend it to anyone. I'll have to look it up. You should watch it. Honestly, you need that's your homework is you need to watch it. Watch it with Ashley. I watched it with Heather. Um, and I think it'll be great. The two of you can have a nice little discussion about it. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk about is I just watched it the other day. With It's called Argyle. If you've ever seen um, the Kingsman movies, have you ever seen them? There's two, right? Technically three, but yes. Um, yeah, because the third one technically goes back. It's but, like the precursor, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I have seen all three. Okay. So same people who made Kingsman mm-hmm. made this movie. Okay. So it's about a writer who creates spy novels called Argyle. That's the spy's name is Argyle. Mm-hmm. And... Everything she has written has turned out to be true. And so... Just by chance. Yeah. Okay. So this guy comes on a train, and he reads something, and he's like, you're Ellie Conway, aren't you? And she goes, yeah. They start talking, and she asks what he does. He's like, oh, I'm an espionage. And what happens is they realize... The spy organization that she wrote about is trying to kill her. Oh. And he is trying to not kill her. Okay. <laughs> and so Sam... Uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Yep. He plays the spy that's trying to save her. Mm-hmm. And Henry Cavill is also in this movie as Argyle, the one that she is writing about. Okay, so I'm assuming he's obviously bad. Okay, why would you say that? Well, you said that she wrote about the spy organization that everything is true, and then that spy organization is trying to kill her. So if she wrote about Argyle, who is Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill is trying to kill her. No, the the part about the spy is that Henry Cavill realizes the spy organization is bad, so he like goes away from it and tries to destroy oh, it. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So she's constantly seeing. Henry Cavill and Sam Rockwell, like virtually at the same time. Mm-hmm. The way that it's shot, if you've seen Kingsman, is, in my personal opinion, beautifully shot. It's unique. It's different. Very much the same kind of thing. It's not shot in the same way, but the the way that things are shot is different than most of the things I've seen. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it brings up serious nature, but it also has a lot of humor to it. It has action to it. It's stupid funny at times uh it's clever funny at times um this lady is carrying around a cat in a backpack for the majority of the movie mm-hmm. it's so good i was i'm sitting there right because the opening scene is just absolutely dumb and not in a in a way that's like you wouldn't watch it because it's stupid but it's like there's no way this would ever kind of happen thing mm-hmm and so I'm sitting there in the first five minutes, big ass smile on my face. And my fiance sitting next to me. She's like, "Why, are you, like, why are you smiling?" I'm like, "It's just dumb. <laughs> it's just good. It's dumb action. It, it's good dumb." Yeah. And then when I realized what was happening, it's like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But it just gets better. And like, it ne- 
it was never fast. I mean, it was in terms of like action, but it like never slowed down, but never felt too fast. Okay. It was just a perfectly done movie. It was great. And then when we were watching the previews, there's another movie that Henry Cavill's in telling a true story about like the first black ops mission. That looks really good that I want to see when it comes out. But Argyle definitely give it a look. I would not be surprised if it comes out on HBO max first, because that's where the, king's man came out yeah um so it's great i would suggest watching it in the theaters because it's fucking awesome okay but yeah i would definitely recommend it great great movie good so anyone who's listening you have three great movie recommendations i would say that mine is definitely the outlier and if you want to work your way start you know with what? yours start with mine the worst Go to something a little bit more refined, and but still, still sad. super sad that makes you want to die. Yep, and then watch F- finish the night strong with Argyle. Something that's fun, exciting, and be like, good. I can forget about the demented two, shit yeah. that I just watched. <laughs> All right, yeah, good. Uh, speaking of movies, bad movie podcasts. Let's do it. Okay, I do have a theme, of course. Um, egocentric athlete is humbled by uneducated dock worker. Dock worker. Mm-hmm. Egocentric athlete is humbled by uneducated dock worker. Is this Rocky? It is Rocky. He works at a dock. Look at me go. He's bouncing his ball. He got to walk to and from work. I've right. seen it once, and it was a long time ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Rocky. Adrian! Yeah. Uh, next one. CIA field agent loses arm wrestle arm wrestle to Australian strongman, then get same arm blown off by apex hunter. Rambo. No, it's not Rambo. No, no. Uh, is this predator? Yep. Predator. So is this eighties action movies? I mean, I wouldn't classify as Rocky as an action movie. So eighties movies. And it wasn't even 80s. People who can't talk. Rocky's. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky was in the 70s. Um, no, with this last one, you should be able to get it. All right. Uh, forgotten Pro helps hot-headed loser win his childhood home back. This is definitely um, Billy Madison. Not Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. It is Happy so Gilmore. So this is Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. <laughs> uh, Apollo, Apollo and Rocky. Yep. Uh, he played the CIA agent opposite of... Um, Arnold, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator and gets his arm blown off. And then, yeah, Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. So three for three. Yeah. It took you to the and, third one to get it was Carl Withers. <laughs> and, and two of them, he doesn't have a hand, at least. Yeah, right? Isn't that <laughs> ironic? <laughs> Fucking dies in one and loses a hand to an alligator. Well, in technically the other. dies in that one, too. Well, yeah, I guess falling out a window. But yeah, God, I love Happy Gilmore. I used to watch that. It's so good. Like, there was like a movie rotation that I had as a kid because I had a one of those TVs that had a VCR player uh-huh. in it. So I'd watch uh, Dumb and Dumber, Happy Gilmore, uh, Shrek 2, or Home Alone as my movie rotations. And I'd watch them for months on end, on repeat, all the time, and then I'd get on to the new one. All right, social events? Um, didn't really have a whole lot. Because the one I really care about, Super Bowl. Super Bowl is on Sunday. So if anyone's obviously wanting to watch that, something to watch, even if you hate it. If anything, watch the commercials and the halftime show. Oh, exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, fun fact from Unusual Knowledge. Yes. 
I think I'm just going to read the entire thing. And so we are going to talk about freaky facts with fashion. There are six. No shit. Napoleon regularly wore black silk handkerchiefs as part of his wardrobe, and he steadily won battles after each other. But in 1815, he decided to vary his attire and donned a white handkerchief before heading into battle at Waterloo in present-day Belgium. He was defeated, and it led to the end of his rule as emperor. Yep. Interesting. I was going to say, Battle of Waterloo, yep. Fucked up. Uh, the shoe has historically been a symbol for fertility in some Eskimo cultures. Women who can't have children wear them uh, wear shoes around their necks in the hopes of changing their childbearing luck. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. In the Middle Ages, pointy-toed shoes were all the rage. The fad was so popular that King Edward III outlawed points that extended longer than two inches. The public didn't listen, and eventually the longest points were 18 inches or more. What? Yep. A fucking see, fashion's always been dumb. Yes, it has. Imagine eighteen inches of just shit into your feet. Right. How would you walk? You'd have to like knee up. <laughs> right. I don't. It's like touching computers with long ass nails. I I've seen it. Before. I know that's racist. It's not racist. It's culturally insensitive. I mean, I guess, but I work <laughs> with a white girl who has long ass nails, and she does the same exact thing. So I don't want to fucking hear it. All right. Catherine de uh, de. Catherine de Medici, Jesus Christ, um, popularized high heel shoes for women when they, she wore them for her 1533 wedding at uh, to Henry II of France, who later became king. However, several sources say that men had been wearing heels long before that to keep their feet from slipping off stirrups while riding on horseback. A century later, when King Louis the Fourteenth of France wore high heels to boost his short stature, the trend became popular within the nobility. Hmm. When Joan of Arc was burned at the stake, she was condemned for two crimes. One, witchcraft. Second, wearing men's clothes. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, in the 16th century, men wore cod pieces for numerous reasons. The frontal protrusions held money, documents, and whatever else they needed to carry. Which we looked up what a cod piece was before we recorded. It was like an ancient fanny pack. It's just a pocket. (laughs) Really, that's all it really was. Oh, good. Fashion always uh, serves a purpose and always has been stupid. Um, unpopular opinions. I'll start with mine. I think carrot cake is the best cake. And I don't care what the fuck anyone else says. It's really not. Uh, if it's done right, it's done phenomenally. Uh, we were just, uh, in Galena, uh, the weekend before this one. And we were at, uh, the log cabin and for dessert, me and my fiance got carrot cake and it was phenomenal. The ratio to, um, cream cheese frosting to cake was perfectly balanced. The cake itself was really, uh, really good spongy, um, but still kind of dense like a, a carrot cake should, uh, decent amount of actual carrot bits in there. It was just all around beautiful. So that's why I was thinking that, you know what? Carrot cake out of a lot of things, I think I'd prefer to eat than most cakes. Carrot cake sucks. Therefore it's the best in my opinion. It sucks. Nah. Anytime you have, like, a vegetable in the dessert, no. But it's a sweet vegetable. Carrots are sweet. They have a lot of natural sugar. Still disgusting. It. It's actually pretty good in cake form. I have absolutely hated carrot cake my entire life. It's awesome. I fucking love it. And now I know what to buy you for your birthday that you won't have to worry about me eating. It's fitting. My birthday's in April, and... uh Easter is usually around late March, early April. So it's usually in April. Yeah. 
I've never seen it in March. I think I've seen it at the end of March one year, like March uh, 31st, I want to say, at some mm. point. I have to double check. Yeah, I don't think that's right. Anyway, <laughs> you're on popular opinion. This is going to be very contentious for people who disagree with me. Um, I think everyone is pro-choice. Just some people choose life. Okay. And I know that confuses a lot of people because you you always hear, I am pro-choice or I am pro-life. Mm-hmm. But if you're pro-life, it means that I believe that no one should kill a baby is what they would say. Mm-hmm. So your choice is, I'm not doing that. Okay. Everybody is pro-choice. The choice of whether or not you... Exactly. Well, that I means that's literally what... That is... And see, and that's my entire argument when people argue this with me. It's like, you're just choosing this. Yeah, well, no one else should do it. That's True. your belief. That's your choice. But you are choosing not to. Yeah. So okay. your choice is this. So everyone is pro-choice. That's very... Uh, technicality it is of just boiling down words (laughs) true but that and that's that's kind of my point to this is like when people are like you pro-choice it's like you're pro-choice you're literally choosing what to do your choice is just different than mine exactly okay yeah and so when you say that no one else should do this that's not for you to decide because you've already made up your mind i guess but i mean if you're just keeping it to how it's done now i mean Sure, you could say, well, your choice is just to keep the baby, but they also exclude any choice other than their own. Mm-hmm. So it's really not a choice at that point. It's just that's what it is. So at least with pro-choice being how it is today, of like, oh, yeah, I can either keep it or get rid of it. So that gives you a choice as opposed to being pro-life. It's oh, just trust there me, is I no am- choice. This is the only. Trust me, I understand. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But it's going it, to piss it, people off because they're like, I'm pro-choice or I'm pro-life. No. You're pro-choice. Okay. You're I mean, if you, want, this. if you want to do that to, like, uh, meme on them, I get it, right? Be like, no, you're pro-choice. And you're like, no, I'm not. It's like, well, your choice is just to fucking keep the kid. Yeah. It's memeing on them. I That's get it. so good. Yeah. Good one. I can at least uh, uh, somewhat agree with that. I, I don't see how you can disagree with that, to well, be honest with you. Disagree with the logic. Please tell me. I just you, explained you, it. But th- that's not... the No, like... You can't logically say that there's you're an not abs- pro-choice. There's an absence of choice if the only option is to keep the baby. But there's <laughs> not an only option currently. You're right, and that's why it's called pro-choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have that. <laughs> like this has been. I, I get what how you're saying. We are for like. 10 years. Yeah, I know. It has always been like this. I get what you're saying. I'm just going like this, However, and you just go straight through the middle of this circle that I'm running around in, and you're like, stop. <laughs> Here is this logic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It takes uh, several <laughs> eyes for these type of things. Oh, well. I get it. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, all right. So uh, we'll wrap up this week's episode with this day in history for February 9th, starting with the most recent and going back the furthest in time. So in 1964, the first appearance of the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. 1950, Senator Joseph McCarthy charges uh, State Department inf- or charges that the State Department is infested with 205 communists. Uh, 1943, U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt signs an executive order setting a minimum 48-hour work week in the number in the in a number of critical war industries. 
so I'm assuming automotive and stuff like that were in line with it. In 1904, the Japanese torpedo boat make a surprise attack on Russian ships at Port Arthur Naval Base in Manchuria, which begins the Russo-Japanese War, which if anyone knows, that was like the first major defeat Russia had against a much smaller country than their own. Um, Oddly enough, same thing's happening now. Yeah, I was about to say, let's hope it happens again. (laughs) History never fucking changes. Fuck you, Putin. And then in 1861, Jefferson Davis and Alexander Steffens elected to vice president and VP of the Confederate States of America at the beginning of the Civil War. Famous birthdays we have today is Michael B. Jordan, Tom Hiddleston, Joe Pesci, Saquon Barkley, and Charlie Day. So a heavy actor birthday this week. All right, that wraps up everything for this week's episode of the Entertainment Edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.